0: Good morning, and he is risen, and your response is? (laughs) <laughs> so we have like two people here. So anyway, hey, it's good to be with you guys. What a time of worship. And I know I know it's different, it's awkward, but you know what? Man, if you focus on Jesus, it doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter what you're watching or how we're doing this, that we focus on him and we're able to love him and worship him. So I'm excited to be able to share with you today what I've titled the uh, The Proof of the Resurrection. We're going to look at that passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So, hey, you can grab your Bibles. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. Someone will bring one to you in your house, I'm reckoning. So uh, get a Bible, open it up. We're going to look at that. But while you're doing that, a a couple of announcements that we do want to make is that we're going to change the weekend services while we're doing this uh, uh, streaming. We're going to change. We're going to start doing... Saturday night at 6 and Sunday morning at 10. We're only gonna do one on Sunday morning instead of two. So hopefully that doesn't disturb you too much, but uh, it's just gonna make life easier for me is what it is. It's hard, hard enough to teach to an empty room, but to do it twice is really hard. So uh, hey, so that's what we're gonna do. And also you guys, you need to know that any of this stuff is always available on our website through the app or on Facebook Live or Facebook Not Live after we're done. So, and we're also going to make sure that uh, this teaching gets up right away. So if it blesses you and you think, hey man, somebody should have watched that today, grab, grab them, so to speak. Uh, as you do it electronically and get them in and get them to watch it. So, once again, we want to do we want you to do that. Also, I want to put the phone number up there again, 520-210-3678. You can text that for prayer and uh, especially if you receive the Lord today, you need to text us, let us know that that you've done that. That would be an encouragement to us and hopefully uh, you know you can uh, use that so we can stay somewhat connected. So, you guys again uh Let's pray and we're gonna get into the word. Father, uh, we do lift up this time and Lord, what a great thing it is to celebrate the fact that our God rose from the dead, that we don't worship a, a, a dead God, we don't worship a, a tomb or, or any of that, we worship the living God. And I thank you that, Lord, that someone took the time, the Apostle Paul, to write these things down that would impact us here 2,000 years later. And Lord, it would give us that encouragement we need. And and maybe for some of us, we're we're struggling right now. And I pray that realizing and understanding and getting a hold of, of truth will help set us free from what we're struggling with. So Lord, bless this time. Open up our ears, open up our hearts, God, that we could receive from you. And Lord, we pray that you would be glorified in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, as we're looking at this, it's interesting to me that a large number of the population does not believe in the resurrection. And I'm not talking about just the resurrection of Jesus. There's a large number, but there's even a larger number that don't believe we're going to be resurrected. And that's Paul's whole point in this letter. You see, because Jesus rose from the dead, you and I are promised life eternal, life everlasting. And God gives us that promise. And, and how could anybody, like as a believer who claims to be a believer, kind of reject that notion and think, hey, when you die, you just die. Now, I love, listen, I love Resurrection Sunday, we can call it Easter Sunday. I don't care what you call it. I love it just thinking about it. It's, all, it's like my favorite holiday of the year. And I remember when my wife had gotten saved, uh, she wanted to go to church. And she says, come on, let's go to church. And I go, I am so not going to church. And she says, come on, I just want to go to church. And, and I said, I so don't want to go to church. And, and she said, look, I'll go out. I wanted to go out in the mountains and do a a picnic and hang out. And she says, I'll go to the mountains with you if you take me to church. And we went to church, and I'll never forget. I was one of those, and, and I relate to some of you. I was one of those. We walked in, and I sat in the furthest back seat, closest to the door. And man, the minute the pastor said amen, I was out of there. And so some of you today, listen, you're not here, but someone's trapped you in your house and you're having to watch and you're thinking, why do I have to watch this? And maybe a mom, maybe a dad, maybe a spouse of some sort, and you're sort of stuck there. And hey, you can't even escape. And I think that's pretty cool. But listen, man, as we're going through this, listen to what, listen to what's said and then weigh the evidence. You see, I think walking with God is an act of faith but it's not blind faith. You see, there's plenty of evidence. I love this saying, a a teacher that I had in Bible college always put this out to us. There's enough evidence to substantiate faith, but never so much to take away faith. And so our faith can be substantiated by the evidence we have, but we still have to walk by faith. And that's what I look at this and I, I, I personally think, like this faith, or this, uh, what we're going to look at today, this evidence is crazy. Like, how could you reject it after this? So, once again, 1 Corinthians 15, let's pick it up in verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which you also received, and in which you, uh, in which you stand, by which you are saved if you hold fast to that word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. Now listen, Paul's saying a whole bunch here. Why? Because these guys were rejecting the resurrection, not so much a resurrection of Jesus. They're rejecting the resurrection of the dead. In other words, all of us are going to live eternally. And they were struggling with that. you got to remember the culture. It was the Greek culture. And the Greeks, man, the Greeks did not dig the afterlife at all. They weren't into that at all. And they had this whole, it, it, it was. It, it started out with the doceticism, kind of a, a dual thing. And, and they taught that, you know, the, the, the body, the flesh, this thing we live in is evil and the spirit is good. And it's just the spirit that lives, not the flesh, because the flesh could never live eternally with God. And, and that slowly turned into, listen, that evolved slowly, uh, I think by the end of first century, maybe early second century into what a lot of us have heard the term Gnosticism, and they developed that whole thing. But but it started out, listen, and these guys are Greeks. Remember, that's their background. That's their culture. And Paul came in, and he says, listen, man, I preached the gospel to you, and you believed it. And then he kind of says in verse 2, or did you really believe it? See, verse two, I don't think it's teaching you can lose your salvation. I think verse two is challenging. Did you really believe what I said? Or did you just say you believed what I said? And listen, you're not walking in that truth. So he's challenging them. And, and I kind of love the idea that Paul is pushing these guys to the envelope. And, and again, I would challenge you for homework. You've got to read 1 Corinthians 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. And then you get a little bit of understanding of where he came out in 15. So hey, you got time to do that. You can't go anywhere. So you might as well read your Bibles. So listen, as you, as you look at that though, Paul loves these guys and, and he calls them brethren. And he says, come on guys. And here's what I feel he's saying. I'm just gonna put it in, in, in pat terms. Did you guys really believe or not? Because I gave you the truth. I gave you the truth. You said you believed it, but you're not acting like you believed it. And I love that. Now he, listen, now he gives them the gospel. Hey, for those of you who can't share your faith, some people say, I could never share my faith. I'm just too nervous. And I get that. Some of us have a hard time talking to people and stuff. Other of us never shut up. But, you know, that's why we all equal each other out, right? But some of us are saying, man, I could never share my faith. Hey, if you can't share your faith, just read this to people. Verse 3, for I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again according to the scriptures. Here's what Paul's saying. Here's the gospel that Jesus Christ came and he died for our sins, that he was buried and then he rose again. That's, a, that's, a, that's how simple the gospel is. And all we have to do, listen, is believe that. We have to put our faith in that. We have to trust that. Now, Last week, we looked at the fact, or I'm sorry, Thursday night, we looked at the fact that he did die. We looked at the crucifixion, that he came, that he died. We saw that Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus, buried him, put him in a tomb, and then later on, we read John chapter 20 and John chapter 21. Remember, on the first day of the week, early in the morning, all of the Marys went, not all of them, but several Marys went to the tomb, and they found it empty, and then they went back, and they told Peter and John, and and they had a foot race to the tomb, and John won because he tells us, right? And they, they did that, and then later on he appears to Peter, and we're gonna read that in a moment, and then etc. etc. So listen, here's what he says. Fact, listen carefully, these are facts. Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. That's not somebody thinking that might happen, it's not somebody wishing that would happen. Those are facts. And now, listen, Paul is going to back up those facts. And here's what I love. He is going to prove them. Because he's talking to some guys who are going, well, I'm not so sure. You know, did it really happen or not? Is it really true or not? And, you know, I want to challenge us that when we think about this, we don't have to have, listen, you don't have to have a huge emotional experience to be saved you simply need to believe God what does Paul say in Romans uh, chapter 10 if you believe with if you believe in your heart if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord believe in your heart that he rose from the dead you will be saved and he's saying hey that's That's what it is. It's not a set of creeds. It's not some, you know, religion thing. It's believing in Jesus. And here's what I love, man. Here's what he tells us, that he did all of these things. He died, he was buried, and he rose again according to Scripture, what scripture is he talking about? He's talking about the Old Testament. Have you ever personally gone through the Old Testament and tried to prove that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and kind of go through different scriptures and giving him that? Remember Jesus on the road to Emmaus after he rose from the dead? Remember the two guys or, or a husband and wife depending on how you look at it? I think it's two guys, but that's just because that's, just that's what I think. Nobody knows for sure. But remember, there's a couple, we will say, walking with Jesus. And remember, it says, starting with Moses and the prophets, he taught them. And, you know, whenever I read that or I read this, I'm challenged. I, I, can I go through the Old Testament? and prove the things about Jesus. Here's a start for you guys. I wrote down some scriptures so you can just get a start doing it. I'm kind of jump-starting you and this is by far not an exhaustive list of scriptures. I only gave you, you know, uh, what, two, four, six, uh, uh, seven scriptures here. But this is a good way to start about what Paul is saying. According to the scriptures, he died. According to the scriptures, he rose again. And you can go Genesis 3, Genesis 22, Psalm 16, Psalm 22, Isaiah 9, Isaiah 53, Hosea 6. Listen, look at these. And you'll get an understanding, man, hey, maybe this is really true. Maybe this is something that I need to go back and read these. And I need to think about these. And how well can I defend my faith? Not so much, we're going to read about the resurrection here in a moment. But can I defend my faith? Through the Old Testament, because that's all these guys had. And then i got to throw these in there. When I think about the resurrection, i got to throw these in there. This is Matthew 16, 17, and 20, and they're in the other Gospels too. Three times, specifically, Jesus told his disciples three times, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to be handed over, I'm going to die, and I'm going to raise again on the third day. Three times he told them that. And if you know the story, right, once he died on the cross, they freaked out. And he thought he was gone. And I'm thinking, three times he told you very specifically, here's what's going to happen. And how about us? Right now, we're in an awkward time. Weird things are going on. How's your faith? I think that's a good question. How is your faith doing doing during this time? Are you still trusting God? Are you still believing in God? hey, here's what I know, my God is in control. I did an interview the other day and, and, and a person asked me some of the things and, and you know, what, what, what do we have as Christians to hold on to? And here's the whole thing with me. If God is not in control and my God is not faithful, I don't want to walk through this thing. I can't imagine right now if you're watching online and you don't have faith in Jesus Christ, I pity you. I feel sorry for you walking through this time without him would be frightening to me. So listen, here's what here's what Paul says. This is what we did and he says, "Here's the truth and now we're going to get into the proof of the resurrection starting in verse 5." He says, and he was seen by Cephas, then by the 12. And after that, he was seen by 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to, this pre- to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all of the apostles. Now, here's what he's doing. There. He's going to listen carefully. He was seen, first of all, and we know very first of all, he was seen by Mary. Not Mary, the mother of Jesus, but Mary Magdalene. John chapter 21. And some people say, why didn't Paul put the ladies down? I think most of us know in the first century culture, right or wrong or whatever, they didn't believe in the testimony of women. And so for him to put the women down would have meant nothing to people. And it's not, I'm not saying Paul didn't believe in the testimony of women. He just knows his audience that he's writing to. So he starts out, and and one of the things that blows my mind is it's written here that he appeared to Peter. That's Cephas. He appeared to him uh, in the beginning. And we have no record of that. Now we know according to Luke chapter 24 when he's hanging out with the, the, the guys on the road, the, the couple on the road to Emmaus that even there it tells us that he appeared to Peter first and when they got back Peter was telling everybody what he had seen and what had happened to him. So we know it happened but it's not recorded and people crack me up. Well, it's not recorded. So how come God didn't record that? Did he make a mistake? Well, like Duh. Why didn't God record it? I don't know. Obviously, God didn't think it was that important for us. And it might have even been one of those just real special times for Peter and the Lord. Remember, Peter Peter denied him. And Peter needed some encouragement. And it might have been just one of those things that's none of our business. Have you ever thought of that? That God just says, hey, what happened between me and Peter? None of your business. I'm just taking care of my boy, the rock, right? Kind of fixing him up. So, hey, but he appeared to Peter. And then he says, then, the, then uh, by the 12, so he appeared to, you know, and by now he's appeared to several, but then by the 12. So let's just think of that. Let's just stop here for a moment. And the 12 was just a name for the, uh, deci- the apostles, not, not that there were 12 of them. We know there's only 11 left uh, by now. So, but I want us to think about something. Eyewitness testimony, even even today, eyewitness testimony is one of the strongest things you can use for bringing out, you know, in a trial or any kind of fact, man. If somebody was there and they see it and they're honest, that is tremendous evidence. So I want us to think about something. You interview Peter and he goes, yeah, I saw him. I walked with him. I talked with him. Okay, well, that's fine Pete and then you go to John yeah I saw him I talked to him then you go to Matthew yeah I saw him I talked to him then you go are you getting my point then you go to Bart right nobody remembers Bart he's one of the he's one of the the, one of the apostles everybody goes I'm Bartholomew I call him Bart listen man and, and even the ones that we don't even count you go down you go down and you talk to 11 people they give you the same exact testimony isn't that enough I think that's plenty right For me, that would kind of seal the deal. Well, Paul even goes further, listen, and after that, in verse six, he says 500. So you go through the 11, then you go through number one, number two, number 500 people, and Paul says most of them are still alive. Don't you know that at this moment, people could disprove it? Now, you know what, I don't think you could get, this is my personal opinion, I don't think you could get 11 guys to tell a lie and all 11 of them stand on it. I think 11 people could be sincerely wrong, but I don't think you could get 11 to concoct a lie and nobody finally break, especially when they start killing them, as we know they did with the apostles. But 500? 500? Hey, this discounts that whole thing. This was just a hallucination. It was just the 12, you know, those 11 distraught guys. They were so distraught, they imagined it in their mind. Because that's what some people say. Hey, the 11 men, they were so bummed out and they were so freaked out that it was just their imagination. No, you got 500 people. And here's what Paul's challenged them. Go ask them. Go ask them right now. Some of them are alive. He says, Oh, a few have died, but most of them are alive. And then, and then, almost the clincher is, and then he was seen by James. I believe this James is James, the Lord's brother, not James. Remember, there's two different Jameses. Is that right? That were apostles. So you got James the, the younger, and you got James the brother of John. And you have those two, but I think this is Jesus' brother who later becomes one of the leaders, or the main leader in the church at Jerusalem. And it blows my mind, man, here's what I think Paul's saying, go ask his brother. And this is the same brother that made fun of him when Jesus was here before he got resurrected. One of my favorite stories is when Jesus' two brothers come and they go, hey man, why aren't you in Jerusalem? It's during the Passover, what are you doing here, man? Why don't you go up to Jerusalem? Why don't you show them how great you are? You know how brothers do, right? Talk smack to each other, hassle each other, and they're there hassling Jesus, and and he just kindly, because he doesn't sin, he just says, hey, it's not my time. Sorry, bros. I think it's that, James. So it appears to him, and then the interesting thing, he says, then uh, by all the apostles, I'm not sure what, Pete, what, what Peter, what Paul is talking about there. I don't mean if once again he appeared to the apostles because I believe there was only 12 apostles. And uh, well, 13 if you, count, if you count Paul. But anyway, I'm not sure what he's meaning there. And I don't think that does, uh, you know, harm or whatever with it. If you think there were more, then that's all the more evidence, right? And then I love it. Then Paul goes, hey. And then he says in verse 8, And then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. Paul says, I saw the risen Lord. I believe this happened in the Arabian desert. I believe it happened on the road to uh, Damascus, but then I think he spent time with him. And I don't think he just saw the spirit of Jesus, you know, once again, the whole doceticism idea that, you know, it was just the spirit of Jesus. No, remember what Jesus said to Thomas? Stick your finger in the holes, bro. Stick your finger in my side. Give me a piece of fish, I can eat it. Spirits don't do that. And I think kind of the same with, with Paul, and Paul says, hey, last of all, he appeared to me. And, you know, some people say, that's it, Jesus doesn't appear to anybody ever again. I don't know whether he does or not. I've had people tell me they feel like Jesus appeared to them. I'm not one to say, well, you're a liar. He can't do that. I don't think that's what Paul's saying here. Paul's meaning last in this chain of events, he appeared to me. And then he says, man, the one who I don't even deserve to be, I was one as abnormally born. Actually, it's a word that we could even get abortion from or miscarriage. That's what Paul felt about his conversion. He felt like, I don't deserve this. Of everything I did, of all of the gross things I did, I don't deserve this. And he goes, but yet here I am. I don't know how many of us feel that way. And you know, maybe you're listening today with a family member and and you're thinking, I could never be saved. Later on in scripture, Paul tells people that he's the worst of all sinners. And I happen to believe the Bible, so I don't think you could sin worse than Paul because he already said he was the worst. So you know what, you're not beyond salvation. And his whole heart, his idea, Paul felt unworthy to be saved. And I think that's important for a lot of us. Listen, if you're watching today and you think, yeah, well, if I were God, I would choose me, of course. I'm great. Then you need to get humbled somehow. But Paul says, man, This is what happened to me. You know, in our movement, this thing called Calvary Chapel, a lot of the Calvary Chapel guys hassle me. I never went to a Calvary Chapel until I went to Bible College. And people will ask me, what Calvary did you come out of? None. And some have even said, you're like abnormally born, aren't you? And I go, yeah, in the movement I am. I'm different. I didn't come out of a Calvary. Now, I got, uh, you know, I got my education listening to Chuck Smith, but hey, are you abnormally, you know, do you think you're such an anomaly that God can't save you or can't use you? No way. And Paul even says this, listen, he goes a little bit further. He says, for I am the least of the apostles who am not, who I am, who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Here's what he knows, man. Paul either personally killed Christians or gave his approval to killing Christians. That weighed on him his entire life. Now, I've done some bad things in my life, and I'm not gonna tell you what they are. This is not a time for a long confessional. But listen, I've done some bad things in my life, but I have never physically killed somebody. I've never physically been responsible for somebody's death. And Paul's saying, I did that. And as a matter of fact, it was the church. Now, I didn't like the church, I didn't like going to church, I didn't wanna be part of a church, but I didn't go that far, so here's what he's saying, man. He says, you know what? I'm the least, I shouldn't even be able to to do that. I shouldn't be called an apostle. I did this to the church, verse 10, but by the grace of God I am what I am and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Here's what Paul's saying, man. God saved me, God touched me, and it's his grace that makes me who I am today. It's not me. Listen, we talk a lot and I even do it. I talk a lot about Paul's education, about Paul's background. He's like the perfect choice, right? Because he's a Jew, yet he has a Gentile uh, upbringing and he has a great Jewish teaching and all of that. And, And we bring all that up. Do you hear what Paul doesn't claim any of that? Here's what he says, I am what I am by the grace of God. It's the grace of God that makes me who I am. And I love that, listen man. And he says, and I labor harder than anyone else And here's what I believe, because he believes fully in the grace of God. Listen to this quote from David Guzik, this is great. He says, grace by definition is given freely, but how we receive grace will will determine, will help determine how effective the gift of grace is. Do you hear that? Hey, we get it freely, but how do we receive it? And the way we receive it is going to be how effective it is in our lives and what it does in our lives. I love that thought. And then Paul kind of wraps this part up with, therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believe. So here's what he's saying. He did all of that to say, I have all of these witnesses. Here's what we taught you and you guys believed. So why? Why? Verse 12, now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some, of, uh, some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? How can you say that? Here's what I believe. Number one, if you don't believe in a resurrection of Jesus, do not call yourself a Christian. I don't care what you call yourself. Just don't call yourself a Christian. You have the right not to believe that. Just don't go around saying, I'm a Christian who doesn't believe in a resurrection. You can't say that. So that's, you know, that's not fair, so to speak. So if you say that to me, I'm going to say, no, you're not a Christian, and you can challenge me if you want, but I believe that with all my heart. But there are some people who believe in the resurrection of Jesus, but they don't believe they're going to be raised from the dead. And that was these guys. And so I love Paul's logic. He goes, if Jesus was raised from the dead then how can you say there's no resurrection? And now he's gonna trap him. And you love this guy's mind, listen, verse 13, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen, and if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. Yes, we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up if, there, if the dead do not rise. Here's what Paul's saying, man, if the dead don't rise, then Jesus didn't rise, and listen carefully, we're a bunch of liars, because I just gave you this list. There's Cephas and the 11, there's 500 people, there's James and there's me, and we all preach that Jesus raised from the dead. If there's no resurrection, Jesus didn't raise from the dead, you make us out to be liars, and by the way, it's really gonna affect your salvation. You see, I think there's certain things we need to stand on strongly as as believers, and this is one of them. And so he says, hey, he says, if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty. But more than that, so is your faith. And then he gets to the punchline. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen, verse 16. Verse 17 And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Wow. Then all those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Double wow. If Christ is not risen, listen, our faith is useless, and we're still in our sins. Again, I think some people feel pretty good about themselves. I know I need Jesus. I know without Jesus, I'm sunk. I know what my life was without him. I know where I was headed. I know what was going on. And I get pretty passionate. You mess with my Jesus, you're messing with my salvation. And you mess with my salvation, that scares me really, really bad. And I'm not going to let you do that. And you know what? I believe Paul's the same way. What did he say? I don't deserve to be here. I shouldn't even be here. By, by just logic, I shouldn't be where I'm at but I am because of the grace of God. And you guys are messing with the grace of God, so you're messing with my salvation. And not even that, and even, even beyond that, you're calling me a liar. And you're calling Peter a liar. And you're calling the 500 liars. And you're saying everybody's lied. And here's what cracks me up. There are so There are some people who just say, don't confuse me with the facts. I'm going to believe what I'm going to believe. Well, you're calling everybody who's resting on facts a liar. And Paul says, even greater than that, everyone who has died is perishing. David, Moses, biblical characters, Joseph. We could say we could go through all those, but how about even modern times, even, even closer? How about Luther? And, and, and how about Moody, when you think about people? How about Billy Graham, etc. We could go on and on and on. And he could say, If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, those guys have no hope because that's what they were trusting in. They weren't believing in some system. They weren't believing in something that somebody had put together. They were believing that Jesus was alive and that he he rose from the dead and he died for their sins. And then Paul closes, and we're gonna close with this. He says, verse 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. I kind of like that saying. Here's what what he's saying. If there's no resurrection and we're believing Jesus just in this life, (laughs) we're a bunch of pitiful people. Why? Well, because most of those guys are going to suffer heavy persecution. in In our culture right now, we're not suffering persecution yet. But we may. But you know what? Here's the way. This is the way I translate that. And I know some people get mad when I say this. But here's what he's saying, man. If the gospel's not true, then go send your guts out because this is all you got. And just go for it. But if the gospel is true, then you need to believe in Jesus Christ. You see, I I believe that with all my heart. Hey, if you're not going to accept Jesus and you're just going to live in this world and you're just going to live for this world, then go enjoy this world. And I mean that. Just go do it because, man, this is all you got. After this, you're going to be tormented forever and ever. If you want salvation, then you believe in Jesus. and. You know, I I think it's important we understand when we give the gospel, the gospel's not about what people need. The gospel is this. Jesus Christ died for our sins and he rose again on the third day. That's the gospel. You respond to that or not. If you want to live in your sin, you're going to be accountable for your sin. You're going to come before a holy God who's going to hold you accountable. That's on you. Doesn't change the fact that he died and rose again. So today... I think most of us watching are believers and I think we're, I think I'm, I'm praying we're in that place where we're going, yes, and celebrating and we're even looking at this and going, man, and maybe some of us never read 1 Corinthians 15, maybe some of us have read it a hundred times, but you know what, every time I read it I get encouraged in my faith, yes, here is truth and just simple logic tells you that he had to have raised from the dead. And so we put our faith in that and we celebrate that today and we rejoice in that. If you're watching online and you've never accepted the fact that Jesus Christ died and rose again on the third day, then you know what? I'm gonna challenge you when we're close here. I'm gonna challenge you. You put your faith in that and you will be born again and your heart will be changed and your life will be changed. So let's all stand up. Even at home, come on, stand up. I'm watching you. We got cameras in your houses. Get up, stand up with me, and let's close in prayer. Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for the challenge of your word, and God, I thank you as a believer in Jesus Christ that I can put my faith not in some empty or some wishful thing. I put my faith in the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again on the third day. Lord, I thank you that you've revealed that to my heart. I thank you that you've recorded it in Scripture so, God, we can believe it. And I thank you, God, for the grace in my life that opened up my eyes to the truth. I thank you for other believers right now who are standing with me And I'm gonna ask all of you, stay in an attitude of prayer for those who don't know Jesus. And you know what? If you're you're online right now and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you've never believed these facts that we laid out, I'm gonna challenge you, man. Put your faith in those right now. Don't be stubborn. Don't stay in your sin. Don't stay in that place where you're pushing away and you're rejecting. But you know what? Accept the truth of the gospel. And so if you wanna do that, if you're watching at home right now and you want to do that, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And man, I would love to tell you, come forward and come up here, but we can't do that. So, hey, if you want to move closer to your, to your device you're watching on, that would be fine. But you know what? The important thing is your heart. And I'm gonna lead you in a prayer and I want you to say this prayer with me. You can say it either out loud or you can say it quietly in your heart but you know what, you're at home so I wanna challenge you, kind of shout it out and say this prayer with me and you will be born again. Repeat this after me. Jesus, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I'm sorry that I sinned against you. And Jesus Right now, I'm asking you to forgive me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you today for your forgiveness. And right now, I'm asking you to come into my heart and change me. Jesus, come into my life and guide me. Today, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. And all God's people said, amen. If you said that prayer with us, I'm going to encourage you, man. You need to let us know. If you're watching on Facebook Live, you can shoot it through the comments there or you can text us once again at two, or 520-210-3678. Let us know you made that commitment. That will encourage us and, and hey, we will be praying for you and we'll pray for encouragement. And again, we've got a new believers packet. It's available on our website. You can go to calvarysv.org. You can uh, go in the in the tab that will uh, lead you to different places and you can download information that will help you as you made that decision. We want I want to encourage you to do that, but hey, please let us know, and then I want to make uh, uh, that announcement again, we're going to change weekend services, Thursday's still going to be at 7, same time, normal, we're going to go back into Nehemiah, and then on the weekend services, we're going to do Saturday at 6, Sunday at 10, and... uh, You can tune in at those times for live, but it's always recorded. It's going to be on our our webpage. This is going to be up soon after we're done here so you can go get it and share it with somebody. But you know what, you guys? Man, be blessed, be encouraged, and most of all, be light. I like to think about this when we think about everything that's going on. Let's be the solution, and let's be people who are bringing purpose to what's going on. God bless you guys.